politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, your guide through this evil period of time. Daniel Horowitz back in the house here on a Thursday, October 21st. And there is no time to fight like the present. We don't have a country to save because we don't we no longer have a country to live in. Where do we even go? They are now pushing the clot shots on five to 11 year olds. If you don't understand that they are lying and hiding and obfuscating much more than we can even imagine, you're blind. Because even if you bought into every lie of theirs, it is literally indefensible in any way to put this in a five to 11 year old. It is incontrovertibly clear that there is much more risk than benefit. There's literally zero benefit to it, and we're going to get into that later. Um, look, yesterday, if you have not heard yesterday's show, Wednesday's show, uh, this was probably one of the best shows I've ever done. Dr. Flavio Caragiani, he is the Brazilian endocrinologist who is the best COVID doctor in the world. He has done the most research. He gave us an hour of his time, and you listen to that, and there's there's nothing more to say. Um, and, and that's the thing. Notice how all the doctors we have on, they could literally cite chapter and verse. They could talk about the mechanism of actions of every detail of the virus, of any therapeutic, of the shots. These other guys are, shut up. You're killing people. Um, get the shot. Racist. Oh, okay. That, that's really, um, that, that's really very mature. And that's what we're seeing all around this entire last 18 months. But folks, all we need is one state. One state is a control group. The governor of Florida did a good job. Um, Lapido, his uh, Surgeon General, rising star, great guy, finally got into it. Finally started inching into that territory that we need governors to go towards, and that is this. With them pushing it on young children, it is no longer enough just to say, I'm opposed to a mandate. And then they don't even oppose the mandate, by the way, properly. You can't be neutral. And they're not even neutral because even when they're not mandating it, they have their respective departments of health promoting it, shaming people for not getting it, naming them, tracking them, pressuring, saying this is the greatest thing you can do. And it's not true. You can't ignore the, the safe and efficacy part. It's unsafe and ineffective. And there are more effective things that could be used and they're being blocked and those doctors are being persecuted. That is what needs to be done in every state. At least the ones that we can try to control. Until then, we have nowhere to go. And speaking of nowhere to go, where do we go? Some people are thinking maybe Panama is a good place to retire to. Our sponsor today, International Living, they have a book out, The American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama. I would have never considered it before, but look, for 24000 bucks, you could live in luxury. A little bit more money, you can buy a luxury beachfront condo. And your health care could be as little as 2600 a year. It's the number one wealth haven in the world. No personal income tax. And I don't know. I mean, I'm going to check this out myself. But this might sound like a joke, but I'm telling you, 
Look at how quickly America has descended into a hellhole within eight, 18 months. Could you project out where we will be in 18 months from now? Some of us have to really rethink our plans. So if you're retiring early, check out the American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama. It's 100% free for my audience. Go to buypanamanow.com slash conservative. Get your copy today. That's buypanamanow.com slash conservative. Sign up now to claim your free series on investing in Panama's Pacific Riviera today, buypanamanow.com slash conservative. So I want to start off with a non-COVID story that is emblematic of COVID fascism, but it's not COVID. By now, many of you probably have heard about this. I was going to write on this. I didn't get a chance to. An illegal alien raped a woman on a Pennsylvania, a Philadelphia local train called SEPTA, Southeastern Pennsylvania Transit Authority, for 29 stops. And the people took pictures with their phone and didn't stop it. My friends, that is emblematic of what America is. That is a metaphor for where we are now in this country on everything, particularly COVID fascism. We're illegitimate criminals that themselves belong in jail, that themselves created this virus, get to go and criminalize our breathing and rape us, and nobody does anything. Nobody with any degree of power does anything. And all these Republicans in red states just stand by and take pictures. I couldn't help myself. It's just that metaphor is perfect. But specifically with the illegal alien issue, yeah. I mean, this guy, classic example, we used to talk about this every day, came on a student visa in 2012 from Congo. By the way, we have so much violence that we bring in from there. It's not even funny. Um, you know, um, meanwhile, court records show when he became illegal, he overstayed his visa. He had multiple arrests, including for sexual assault, and he wasn't deported. He wasn't deported. He actually served just 120 days for sexual assault. So you got jailbreak. You got illegal aliens. You know, they could come into our country, not serve time in jail, not get deported. He had another crime, but then he got a withholding of removal judgment from an immigration dirtbag judge. This is their country. We just live in it, at least for now. Really, maybe we, need, maybe we need to find our own country. So that is emblematic of what America has become. Emblematic of that. Again, we need 24 states to get together and say, we are removing every illegal alien we have to a blue state. Very simple. You can have the sex offenders if you like them so much. But that is what America has become, overrun by illegal alien rapists. And then the average American is like on drugs on their phone and won't do anything. Where are the men? Where are the men? So if you want to know, like, why no one's standing up, Republicans with five to one majorities, and no one's doing anything, and it gets worse and worse, and the more illogical, immoral, um, inhumane their policies become, and the more they're just disproven, the more they get away with even more evil tactics and no one does anything. That is why. Because someone could 
rape a woman in front of broad daylight with 50 people around there and they won't do anything. So that's what has become of America. Now, speaking of getting away with the rapist being um, the victim and the victim being the criminal, NIH admitted yesterday a bombshell. Remember when Fauci says, said there was no gain-of-function research? Kind of like Bill Clinton in the 90s. Well, indeed, there was gain-of-function research. But they said, don't worry. It couldn't have led to this virus. So they call out EcoHealth Alliance was given a grant, AL110964 from NIH, that's Peter Drasic's outlet, to do gain-of-function research. They admit this is in a letter to... Congressman James Comer, he's a Republican from Kentucky, ranking member on the oversight, the House Oversight Committee. And indeed, the research plan was reviewed by NIH in advance of funding, and NIH determined that it did not fit the de- definition of research involving enhanced pathogens. Um, basically, they admit that the limited experiment described by EcoHealth Alliance, was testing if spike proteins from naturally occurring bat coronaviruses circulating in China were capable of binding to human ACE2 receptor in a mouse model. Folks, those of you who have listened to my show all year from all the doctors, and particularly yesterday with Flavio, they explained how everything runs through that ACE2 receptor, and that's why all the ways they're treating it have to address the ACE2 binding, which even gets as involved as androgen blockers. That is the gain-of-function research right there. That is what created the virus. But they're like, no, no, it didn't do it. And they said, and but we didn't realize, and here, here's what they say. EcoHealth failed to report this finding right away and was required by the terms of the grant. They've been notified that they have five days from today to submit to NIH any and all unpublished data. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And it's like all of the idiots in your life. I know a lot of you like come to me, Daniel, I need talking points. My friends, they're, they're saying, you know, how do I rebut them? They don't know any of this. The f- same people that they're eating out of their hands, they created the virus. They're the ones who belong in jail. They're the ones who need to be quarantined. Plain sight. Just remember, they created this. If they created it and did it on purpose, just remember they're the same people who created the clot shots, the same people who created remdesivir, the same people who created lockdowns and the mask wearing, the same people who are not just blocking but persecuting any proper treatment. Remember, as I said before, there's the stupid drones in the public, but then there's us. Us on the Patriot side, and then the, the, the fascists. We both understand each other. We both have the same research. We both know what does and does not work for this virus. They're not stupid. They know anything. They know exactly what greases or, conversely, inhibits ACE2 binding. Hence, anything that they know does, they will viciously attack because they're quite familiar with the way this virus works. They would know. They would know. What are these governors doing? What should they be doing? 
Well, we're going to get back to that in a minute. But first, our next sponsor for this segment, our longtime sponsor, I can't recommend enough. Definitely get a gun, definitely carry a gun, but you need a good holster. Don't blow the wad on guns and ammo and then just say, yeah, I don't need a, a gun belt. I don't need a holster. Those of you who are coming out to front sight with me to uh, learn defensive training, you're going to realize that your five-point uh, draw all begins with a proper secure holster that properly sits on a solid gun belt. We the People Holsters have you covered American-made Finest holsters starting at just 40 bucks, which is very good. By the way, it's pretty much the cheapest in the industry for quality holsters. Thousands of options inside the waistband, outside the waistband. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. While you're there, check out their premium printed hoodies and their EDC tactical gun belts. Every holster and gun belt come with a lifetime guarantee. If it's not perfect, send it back. You get a full refund. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash CR. Get an additional 10 bucks off with offer code CR. Again, that's WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash CR. Never allow that amazing firearm to go lonely without a solid holster. So they already announced that they have it ready. November 2nd, they're going to approve Shots for 5 to 11-year-olds. The outcome was never in doubt. There's no amount of information, no amount of, of data, no amount of learned experiences that will ever get them off of this. They already have the plans to get every pediatrician to get this in every child's arm. Every one of them is bought out. So 100% of pediatricians will say they support this. They literally cannot speak out even if they wanted to. And, and if they don't speak out, they get a ton of money. And this is where it's at. The Nuremberg Code dictates, this is one of the uh, 13 precepts of the Nuremberg Code, the degree of risk to be taken should never exceed that determined by the humanitarian importance of the problem to be solved. There is no human being alive who could look you in the eye and say 5 to 11 is true from 12 to 18 as well, and we're going to talk about that, that that somehow is worth it. Let me um, put this in perspective. Someone sent this to me on Twitter. You could do this in any state, but they just took Michigan alone. In Michigan alone, 574 vaccinated people died of COVID this year. Now, those are fully vaccinated. Mind you, uh, probably at least as many died in that stage that you're very vulnerable, that the shot itself makes you vulnerable before 14 days after the second shot. So it's not even, and that's lowballing it. All the reasons we talk about that they're not recording it. Um, they're lying to you, but even they have 574. Do you know that during the entire pandemic in the entire United States, okay, you have fewer than that number of deaths. So you're taking kids for which the virus has fewer deaths than that, and you're having a panacea that putting aside what it could do to the kids, but just in terms of its efficacy, there are more deaths from people who are vaccinated in one state of COVID. That's how counterintuitive this entire thing is. Okay? Within hours, that is a language from the AP article, they are going to have the Pfizer shots shipped everywhere. Okay? They're going to have it shipped everywhere. It is as shocking and demonic as it is illogical. They have literally admitted that for the Delta, as they call it, I would say it caused viral immune escape. But would it be it as it may, it has lost its muster. 
They're using last year's shot that no longer works, but its side effects sure as hell still do work on kids that don't need this. Again, let's be clear. We have data from CDC from the UK and numerous independent studies that even the small number of deaths they recorded, half of them were bogus. They did not die from COVID. They tested positive. It was incidental. They were incidental deaths. So it's even half of what they make it out to be. So any study you see comparing this, that's off, off, right off the track. And then those few people, they're extremely identifiable who they are. If you want to have a kid with cystic fibrosis, or let's say someone has one of these kids that unfortunately it's growing, you know, you'll have um, you know, these children, 250 pounds, you know, at, at, at 11 years old. Look, you want you feel he's at risk, give him the shot if you want. But don't shove that on every other kid where, where it's essentially zero of those kids have died. For a shot that no longer works. But again, just theirs. Theirs alone, 16,766 people died. As we well know, less than 1% of them are recorded. Okay, that, that, is, that has long been the gold standard, even before, even with other shots, when there wasn't nearly as much fear and intimidation and stigma against recording anything negative about the shot. 70,000 hospitalized. Again, this is Justin Vares. But let's go through what we're doing to our children for nothing, nothing, no benefit. Let, let, let me, well, before we go through some of the side effects I wanted to get to, and I'm going to have this out in a written article, and it's going to have all the charts and the sourcing so you could click on the hyperlinks. Always always click on the hyperlinks, and you'll be able to see. Um, if I ever cite a study or a data point, it will always have a hyperlink. Um, I'll never leave you hanging, you know, unless for some reason I just forget an oversight. So Israel just published a study, a 29-day follow-up surveillance of 12 to 18-year-olds vaccinated. Okay. Now, mind you, they didn't do a follow-up on the side effects and how many died from the shot. But COVID, it's efficacy. Okay, efficacy. Right? 12 to 18-year-olds. So let's judge by what we've done to 12 to 18-year-olds, and it's certainly going to be true for 5 to 11-year-olds. This is published in, in the New England Journal of Medicine. They found zero deaths and zero severe, severe illness from covid among those that were vaccinated. Well, what about among those 12 to 18-year-olds in the control group who are not vaccinated? Zero death, zero severe illness. So it was a joke. It's like trading from your right hand to your left hand, except it's a deadly game because you're trading zero benefit for so much known and unknown liability. Folks, just the myocarditis alone, and myocarditis, we feel when you look at the long-term autoimmune diseases and the cancers and the fertility and God knows what it does neurologically, I think the myocarditis is not even the biggest problem. The media is kind of like sacrificing that, like conceding that point, which tells you it's not even the biggest thing. University of California, Davis, okay? So if you Google University of California, Preprint study on myocarditis. Hoeg et al. H-O-E-G. That's the lead author from University of California, Davis, Sacramento. Um, 
for they, they did the math. Everyone's asking me, what's the math? Daniel, I need a data point. It's right there. This is just on myocarditis. If you throw in the other risks of hospitalizations and the and the fact that even the numbers she has are low because they're not being recorded. I have people in the ER telling me they they have patients that they could attest to personally with myocarditis young. It 100% was from the shot, and they were not recorded into theirs. But she says for boys 12 to 15, for boys 12 to 15 without medical comorbidities, receiving their second mRNA vaccination dose, the rate of hospitalization... 120-day hospitalization risk is between 3.7 and 6.1 times higher than what would have been their rate of COVID hospitalization. So they didn't study at a mortality level. They studied at a hospitalization level between 3.7 to 6.1. Okay, so let's say an average of about five times more likely to be hospitalized just for myocarditis then be hospitalized from COVID. And remember, the, sh- the, the myocarditis hospitalizations are low-balled and the, um, the child hospitalizations are high-balled because often it's RSV, often it's co-infection. Um, a, a JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association study, has said that 50% of children, all children hospitalized from COVID, had um, co-infection. And and I and I I don't remember if it's in the study if they broke it down with which other infections, but I would bet you anything the most common was RSV. And we now have reason to believe one of the side effects of a leaky suboptimal vaccine is that it re-stimulates, um, reactivates latent um, viruses. Hence, we had a flare-up of RSV, to- worse than any recent winter, but in the summer off-season, but again, right around that six-month marker when the Pfizer shot began to leak. So here's an interesting thing. So what the Israeli data in New England of Journal of Medicine, they'll point to, well, yeah, there was no benefit, but on the infection side, infection rates, right, just mild infections, there were more infections, there were fewer infections among the kids that were vaccinated. So now, first, right off the bat, so, okay, so now we need to give them blood clotting, neurological disorders, fertility problems, and myocarditis just not to get a cold or, at worst, a flu. Really. Okay? There's no benefit for for hospitalization or death. But moreover, even that is not true. Because that was the window of 29 days the month after the 14 days after the second shot. We all know that even, let's say I want a benefit of not even having sniffles from COVID. I'm willing to destroy my life not to have sniffles from COVID for for a six-year-old kid. Okay? Who are even less at risk than a 15, 18-year-old that was studied in this uh, Israeli study. But sniffles. Even the sniffles, you're more likely to get it with the shot. Because here's the deal. They're forgetting, and this is ironclad proven, that from the time you get the first shot to the 14 days after the second shot, you are more likely to get COVID. Now, they'll get it. They're young. It will do nothing. And now they'll have natural immunity for life. Not from the shot, but from having ironically gotten COVID after having gotten the failed pathetic shot. 
And then on the backside, after four months, they're more likely to get it too. It's on the up and the down, as, as Robert Malone, the inventor of mRNA, said on this very show months ago, on the uptake with the suboptimal antibodies and on the downslope. They had it. It's just that narrow window. So you're going to have them be more likely to get COVID. They're probably going to get it up front anyway. No benefit on what really matters is hospitalization. God knows the side effects. Just on myocarditis alone, five times greater rate of hospitalization. But there's a narrow window in between. They're less likely to get the sniffles. Truly, truly unbelievable. But let's talk about what we are doing to our kids. Let's talk about that. So there's some new information I wanted to share with you about the shot. There's a new paper out published in the Journal of Immunology by researchers from St. Joseph's Hospital in Phoenix and the Yale Department of Pathology. And they show that the Pfizer shot causes, quote, circulating exosomes with SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, unquote, basically travels throughout your bloodstream. In their estimation, it only wanes after four months. I want you to think about that. They're bragging about it. Like, yeah, this goes. So remember they told, told us the spike stays in your pro, in your deltoid. Then we now know, no, it goes everywhere. Now we have a, a, a study telling us that for four months, at least, it circulates in your exosomes. Okay? Now, putting this together with a study published in the Frontiers in Molecular Biosciences already in February concluded, quote, our findings indicate circulating exosomes' significant contribution to several processes such as inflammation, coagulation, and immu- Im- immunomodulation during SARS-CoV-2 infection. In other words, the exosomes are what, if you have the infection, the exosomes are what you know, brings the spike throughout your bloodstream, right? Exosomes are tiny... Um, Biovessels released into uh, surrounding bodily fluids. It will release into your blood, your feces, your urine. Okay? So they're admitting not just that the spike goes throughout your body for four months, by the way. So plenty of time to do damage, just like the virus. But now we know for sure that someone who gets the clot shot could shed and spread it just like they spread the virus. The exosomes is what spreads it. We know that. It's a bomb finding. Dr. Lin Finn sent this out yesterday. Straight up, Journal of Immunology. And again, Pfizer's own trial protocol already told us it spreads through inhalation skin-to-skin contact. Here's why. It's also you're going to have oral fecal as well. You go to a public toilet, you could get the spike from the shot of someone else. Johns Hopkins, 2018 paper, they talked about self-spreading vaccines that they were working on. So this is what we want to spread around. Imagine if we have a, because remember, right now you have, except for the people that went and got it anyway, a zero vaccination rate among 5 to 11-year-olds. So it's a whole cohort. Within the period of a few weeks, they're going to, ramp this up this is an emergency it's not just a mandate even if it's not done with a mandate the governors need to say you cannot do this in my state until we have hearings you can't be neutral on this anymore 
You're going to have this spike flying everywhere. It's unbelievable. And then again, young girls, and it could be boys as well, but the fertility is harder to see in them. So, the, you know, it's 5 to 11-year-olds, so it's pre-ovulation. So you're not going to have signals with them. But we already know from older girls and women, <clears throat> you're going you're, you're gonna to potentially cause fertility problems to a whole new generation. We already talked about the study from Washington University, um, Harvard, and what is this? Uh, University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign in uh, Illinois. They found 42% of women experience heavier bleeding. 42%. Only 44% did not experience changes. A whopping 66% experience of postmenopausal women experience breakthrough bleeding. A University of Chicago survey, they wanted to do a study, so they surveyed out. They wanted to recruit 500 women with menstrual irregularities. They had 140,000 submissions. Guess what? We knew this a long time ago. The Japanese government, who's a lot more meticulous than we are, demanded that Pfizer submit a biodistribution report on their shots pharmacokinetic preclinical animal study. And they found and they had and they looked at the percentages. Where do the lipid nanoparticles carrying the spike, where do those LPNs deposit? Do they go out of your body? Where, where do they deposit? And putting aside the spleen, the number two place, and I have the chart in an article. I have it circled right for you. I have a link to the Japanese study. It's in Japanese. Well, the beginning is Japanese, but the chart's in English. Um, 12.3%. No, I'm sorry. No, no, it's, that's not accurate. It's not percentage. It's milliliters. It's it, this is not percentage. It's numbers. But it's the second highest of anything is the ovaries for women. In other words, to to give you some sort of context, and I'm eyeballing this as I'm talking to you. The next greatest place after that is thyroid and lymph nodes. It's about 1, 1, 1 and 1.37 milliliters per, uh, respectively. This is 12.3 milliliters. So 12 times more deposits in the ovaries than the thyroid. That can't be by accident. Again, this was from the animal studies. Truly, truly sick, sick people. Sick people. And then again, no one's talking about the threat of making, here's the sick irony of all ironies. Right now, the virus is not a problem to children. But if they keep circulating thousands, millions more shots, you're going to make the virus more virulent, and maybe one day it will be a problem to kids. Except the shot doesn't work. Demonic. This is utterly demonic. This is a hill to die on. It's not enough, oh, we're not like as California. California's downright mandating it. We won't mandate it. The State Departments of Health should block it. 
until there's hearings held and we could conclusively, I mean, we don't even need to, we could conclusively conclude, even with the limited data we know we have, that we know it's much worse, that the cost-benefit analysis, certainly for people under 18 and certainly under 12, is not worth it. I, I bet if we found out for everyone, we would find out it's not worth it for a single person. Uh, you know, and um, again, there's, there's the other treatments. But I want to get to, speaking of that, the other treatments, because this is very important. Um, there's a lot of news on that. And again, if you haven't listened to our show, um, where is this? Please, please make sure you listen to yesterday's show because we just have a lot of good information on that. And by the way, just before we get to just ivermectin, I want to get back to some information on that. Um, you might have seen yesterday, CDC announced mixing and matching is okay. That sounds real scientific. You could have J&J one shot, Moderna for your second, Pfizer for your third, AstraZeneca for your fourth. Doesn't matter. This is awesome. It's all good. One shot, two shot, red shot, blue shot. It's all good. Whatever your age, whatever the type, whatever the amount, it's all good. Let's just shoot up. No data, no studies. Just shoot up. This is demonic. If you can't see this, you're mentally retarded, and I'm sorry. By the way, an interesting thing. Someone, one of you guys sent this to me, Dexter, um, listener. If you, I want you guys to do this now unless they changed it. If you put into your browser antifa.com, it will automatically redirect you to whitehouse.gov. I thought it was a joke, but it literally, it happens. Try it yourself. Antifa.com, it redirects to whitehouse.gov. <laughs> and by the way, I always thought you had to control both domains to do that. So there's only one entity that controls whitehouse.gov. Just saying. Ivermectin. So you heard yesterday that, you know, it's very effective early on. It's somewhat effective, potentially even late stage. But if we would have had everyone prophylaxing, dirt cheap, we could have had everyone get natural immunity, never get clinically ill from this, including people, by the way, with comorbidities, by the way. Twice a week, ivermectin, no side effects to it done the entire destruction could never have happened but again that they wanted it to happen that was part of it it wasn't like oh in order to control people we have to destroy people's lives that's that's not a side effect that's the main effect they wanted that none of this had to happen no one had to die from this virus no one had to die from lockdowns no economy had to be destroyed none of this had to happen none of this and if you take a high enough dose of this, which is still safe, you can go up way higher, you could turn people around even much later. Again, some people respond even on the lower dose, but this would make this a sure thing. A man named, he's now being smeared and destroyed, but there is a man named Dr. Thomas Barodi, an Australian gastroenterologist. Okay, Australian gastroenterologist, GI doctor. He is possibly the most famous GI doctor in the world. He um, invented all sorts of a cure for peptic ulcers. He is 
again, it's not just like some random doctor. Oh, I got my own study here. I think this works. Ha ha ha. Like this guy needs to be listened to. He was the pioneer, ironically, in Australia. Um, he's on the faculty of Health and Medicine University of Newcastle, um, Australia, and he published in Trial Site News. He didn't. He didn't publish, but he announced the preliminary results of his trial on Trial Site News. Um, I don't know when he's going to come out with the paper, but he put this on Trial Site News. What are the results of his ivermectin study? And it's not tiny. It's not tiny. Now, it's not ivermectin alone. It was a triple combo of ivermectin, doxycycline, and zinc. So doxy, in my view, is not, I think azithromycin is better. And it didn't have famotidine with it. It didn't have nitazoxanide. It didn't have aspirin. It didn't have quercetin. It didn't have hydroxychloroquine. It didn't have, um, you know, uh, you know, fibrate, dutesteride, some of the real heavy hitters that have been doing good. Doxy and zinc, you know, zinc alone without hydroxychloroquine or quercetin, you know, is not as effective. So I don't even, I personally, I don't think my view, those other two things are doing much, adding much. They certainly are good to have. Um, but 600 people in the control, 600 people in the trial group. Now, it's not randomized. It's not randomized. But again, I mean, at some point, the preponderance of evidence is clear. There were zero deaths in the ivermectin group. There were six in the control. There were five hospitalizations in the ivermectin group. There were 70 in the control. So for those of you who know math, that is 100% rate on deaths and minus 92% on hospitalizations. Okay? So that's right there, Dr. Thomas Barodi. And again, you know, I don't like people doing their own studies and just posting them just like I don't like Pfizer doing their own thing, but we trust Pfizer, we trust Mer. Pfizer says, did you see that today? Pfizer says their third shot is a is 95.6% effective. So, so th- th- their own data already showed that with the Delta, it was well below that, even a new shot, much like, oh yeah, it's, it's already, it's all good, it's all good. All good. So, I don't like trusting their own things, but the reality is, the reality is that, you know, he's not a nobody. He is probably the top GI doctor in the world. Like, he has a reputation. Okay, so we should kind of listen to him. And, again, the triple therapy, you know, it was, it was very clear um, only a few people dropped out of the study because of side effects. And I guarantee you all the side effects came from zinc and doxy together happened to be two things that could make you nauseous, right? It's known, um, you know, doxy is a, is a type of, uh, um, uh, antibiotic that kind of does that. And certainly zinc makes people nauseous. It wasn't ivermectin. And, you know, just... That's that's the story. That's the story. 
and and it worked even for people that had hypoxemia. So his data is better than Merck's miracle drug, which is a fortune. Okay? He had people with comorbidities. And and by the way, this did include this did include people. There was a subgroup of 126 in quarantine. They had more detailed stuff. Um where is this? They had they had people with low blood oxygen level also were included in this. And those were probably the few that had to go to the hospital, those five. The media is destroying him. Cronyism, Barodi, UK Daily Mail, he filed for a patent on this. He stands to benefit. Yeah, he did that out in the open. He feels this works, and he filed for a patent. I mean, there's no, he, he doesn't have the power to force us to use it, to do anything. He won't get approved. So we trust Merck and Pfizer, but not a, a, an individual GI doctor that has a great track record, great reputation. We don't trust him. They're trashing him. I love how that's the blood libel. They project on us everything they do. Oh, we're the ones that are making money. Yeah, yeah, really. These doctors have slaughtered their careers. They literally ran into a picket's charge. They destroyed their careers to save humanity. Well, all, all these other guys got promoted. Again, it's very simple. We need a special session, and I'm glad the Florida governor called for one. We need to ban all mandates, all discrimination for people who don't have the shot. We need a moratorium.